Hello, and welcome to the Three Will Podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan, and I have my co-host with me here, Tommy Ryan. Hello, Tommy. How are you doing? Wonderful. Ready for the cookout today. Excellent. What, so what do we have going on today? The product showcase. Ah, yeah. We talked a little bit about that. So that's one where we just sort of uh, we get together and share some of the stuff going on on projects, take a little bit of a deeper dive. That's right. That's right. And we go out and grill. The We have a leadership grill for the team. And I'm not going to be on that leader. <laughs> I'm not invited to the leadership. I'm just kidding. You guys do a great job with grilling out. So thank you for doing that. Sure. Uh, today, wanted to follow up. We, uh, we Last week, we talked about, you know, why starting with a, a, a workshop, sort of why we typically break up the projects into two steps and the benefits of doing that. Um, this week, we wanted to sort of focus in on a recent, um, you know, we've done a lot of RFPs, a uh, lot of RFPs. I, I try feel. to minimize the amount of RFPs. I, I know you go after it a little bit different. We've been in business for a long time and through the years have had some RFPs come up, a majority of which we typically, you know, won't go after or we'll just find it as a bit of a waste of time but more recently have done an RFP that we thought was pretty innovative and uh, wanted to just wanted to sit down and talk with you about that maybe share this experience that we had um, with prospects and clients uh, so as they look at their next RFP just sort of share some of the things that that we learned so um, I guess to, to get us kicked off with this um, the the, the uh, describe sort of what typically happens um, on on an RFP and then what was different about this one. Well, with a typical RFP, um, there really is a, a person that's driving. Okay, we need to go out there and say choose from a group of vendors, and that might be driven based on price. That might be driven based on requirements of the organization, like a governmental organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it might be due to not having a good vendor and wanting to go through the process of sourcing and looking for who is that next vendor or vendors that we get us to help um, on our um, application development or maintenance of our environments. And that RFP is written to um, be able to be distributed to organizations that can provide those services and they have to follow kind of all the instructions, fill out, you know, every kind of line item on that RFP and submit it. And sometimes it's selected from that. And sometimes it's a two-step process where there's a a narrowing down and they take a deeper dive with those vendors through maybe um, reference checks, maybe through further interviews or further questions. Um, but, you know, that's typically how mm-hmm. we've seen it run. Um, in a lot of cases, there is a vendor that's helping the customer create um, what that RFP would be. And in those situations, you know, the other vendors that come in, um, you kind of look at the vendor that's creating the RFP as the person in column or the organization in column A yep. of that spreadsheet. And there's uh, column B, C, D, and those are what we call column fodder mm-hmm. um, that uh, a lot of times it's going through the motions of we have to do the RFP and because we have to do it, we need to 
um, do all the work to prepare for that and a, a vendor that's in on that conversation in on that envisioning of what needs to get done will create that sometimes they'll create it in their favor not always but I think it's always in their favor if they're in the seat of working with the customer to create what's going to be the RFP um, scope of work and we just it's funny I'm th- now thinking about it back over the last couple of months because we've had um, in, in another circumstance uh, someone approach us uh, about an, an RFP and we ended up um, sending back some questions to them and they said well as part of this RFP we can't answer questions <laughs> and then you know we responded back well we're not going to participate because this is you know how are you, how are we going to work together if we, we can't a- ask questions so that was one where we just sort of you know stepped out of the whole thing right. and then this one was interesting because it was a it was a very well-known um, brand uh, that you know that typical folks interact with on any given Sunday. And um, with these folks, uh, I, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit about back, uh, back and forth about it. And we sort of, I sent, we sent back an email to them saying, Hey guys, we're just a, we're just a, you know, a 30 person consulting firm out of Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, we're very, you know, we're great at what we do, but are you really sure you want us to participate in this RFP? And you know, I think in a lot of cases, you won't, you know, again, if you're looking for column fodder, you're always going to say, yes, we want you to participate because you don't, you, you right. need to have those other, you know, columns filled out. Um, but this one, I think we got back an answer, which he, he sort of talked about why he chose us, which, you know, had to do with our process and, you know, we got into some, I think some things that we felt like it was worth our while to go through this. And so uh, we did end up participating in it, talking about it internally and, and, um, and, and going through the process. And so, so the first step, the first part of this was, was very similar to, um, you know, a lot of RFPs that we go through, which was a series of questions that were asked and we filled it out. They sort of had a sort of like with a workshop had a sort of a two-step process, which was a, an initial selection of vendors and, that wasn't, I don't know how unique that was with other RFPs, but the second part of it was what really what I wanted to, for us to, to really sort of emphasize and talk about, which was after you got through that first round, which we were fortunate enough to get through, they had a, a proof of concept stage, which allowed for us to go after a smaller project together. Tell me more about what, what, what that is, why we thought that was kind of innovative. Well, it was a, a proof of concept of something that really was of value to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they were setting up an extranet um, on Office 365 and wanted to go through the process of improving what they've done in the past, um, enable their power users to get more out of the platform. And I, I, we don't know what the other vendors had as POCs. Um, my assumption is it was something different. Um, but it could have been the same thing. Yeah. But we went through that and we treated it just like a project. We had a team, we had a scrum master, an architect, um, a dev lead, and then uh, an additional de- developer come in. It was only you know around 80 hours of work, but we treated it as a full life cycle engagement where we had two sprints. Um, so they got to go through the process of you know sprint planning daily stand-ups, sprint reviews, 
and adjustments, you know, to be able to pull in scope, you know, what is the next sprint based on what you learned in the first sprint? Um, what's the next set of things that are going to be the most value for you? So we, we treated it as though this is real money. You know, we're, we're not just sitting here going through a sales process. We're engaging as a delivery organization so they can see what they're buying. And um, we've never been through an RFP that was like that. And, and um, you know, what was additional to that, what was unique about it is they said for the vendors that are not selected that they would be compensated for the POC. Which, okay, my, my high, <laughs> my, my high uh, sales expense, uh, you know, sales cost alert alarms were going off, but now they've gone off. So, right. good. so, so yeah. this was something that, that was agreed upon um, that at least will be because 80 hours is not a, you know, it's not a lot of work, but it, 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 it is still it's a lot of money for a small company. It is a lot of money for a small company. And it's a lot of work. We were pulling people off of, you know, other billable projects and trying, you know, it, it's something that had an impact to us to go and do this. So, right. so that's interesting. So that even uh, that, I, how did that make it more real? Well, it, w- when you look at it, you know, if you're trying to sell yourself to an organization, you're looking at, well, let me impress them. Let me kind of go to the nth degree mm-hmm. and kind of gold plate a lot of things to really um, impress the organization. Um, with knowing that they're going to pay for it, you want to feel like we put just enough of effort compared to the value that was received. So you're really thinking about, is this good enough? And then moving on to the next thing, which is the way we operate within projects. So they got to see what we really work like, you know, what, what kind of style we have, what kind of approach we have when it comes to a real engagement versus let's just give you a bunch of bells and whistles. And yeah, that looks great. But when it comes to a project, you're not going to really see that because that's not practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it got real with that. And, and so the decisions that we made, you know, there's some things that we probably would have done if it was a sales effort um, that we put to the side because they didn't see the value and, and it allowed us to have that back and forth. Um, so just a, it's amazing, very refreshing. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about this uh, yesterday in our retrospective as we were thinking about what we learned through the RFP because we, we found out we weren't selected and that was, you know, it's oh. good news, good news and bad news. So I can't name this podcast, <laughs> how to win an RFP. <laughs> it's how to be a graceful loser. Um, no, it, it, and you know, being compensated, that's, that's a, a, a positive side of it. And also we had another positive side that, you know, they looked at how we performed and said, you're really more for our custom, you know, application development versus more of the um, managed services piece of what they had. And um, it was more of a cost um, equation than a, you know, you know, how much SharePoint um, knowledge and, and how deep is your process. Um, and we're typically, I mean, I think our sweet spot is, is, is been typically sort of hitting project services as well, too. That's Right. Yeah. And, and and when we were looking at this, they basically said there were two opportunities there. You know, one is the maintenance, uh, the managed services piece of maintaining applications. And one is 
for you know creating new, which they do a lot internally, but there are times that they need to create from scratch, let's say, or a very major enhancement where they can't do it with their own people and they would you know need to get someone involved. And would that be their managed services partner or you know another vendor? Um, we're kind of in that list of another vendor based on you know what they experienced and what they liked. So we, we got a lot of great feedback and um, at the end of the day, we're not looking to be the lowest cost provider. Um, so losing because it was lowest cost provider is um, uh, you know is affirming that that's not what we're targeting. If that's what they were looking for, mm-hmm. then you know we're not going to be um, the number one person in that column you know in terms of the rating. Um, we're looking for more of the quality, the process, the people aspect of it. Um, but, you know, and, and that was something that came out of our retrospective to ask an RFP is, you know, how are they weighing certain factors? What are the critical success factors? Um, we got a sense of some of that, but mm-hmm. we really didn't dive as deep to understand. And would, it, would, have they, would they share that information about price of that being a, a key, key factor? Um, and probably, maybe they would have. Um, yeah. you, you never know. But we're seeing out of this, I think um, there were also a couple of things that uh, that I think going through this RFP were you really, both sides are interviewing each other. I mean, I, I think part of folks think that, oh, they're just, when you're running an RFP, you're you're just looking at the vendors. The vendors, if they're good vendors, they're also, they're interviewing the clients as well to see, hey, are these going to be good folks to work with? Are we going to be able to be successful together? And I think one of the positives that I saw out of this and uh, was that, um, you know, we provided references to them and they did end up talking to the references. And I know if you are out there putting an RFP out there and, um, you know, you say you're going to talk to the references, I've had so many times where I have worked with, and these are, these are important people to us who I try to set up these references with, and they never happen. They're never even contacted. So I think... A part of it, I feel comfortable, more comfortable with working with this organization because they're going to do their part. They're going to, they're going to, when they, you know, say they're, and it's, and it's the little things. It's, uh, it's, it's knowing that they're going to reach out to, they're going to take care of their side. They're going to be to do the things that they say they're going to do. And I think doing the reference checks, because um, we, I follow up with folks to say, you know, were you able to talk to them? What was said? Those, those types of things. I think it's important if you, if you are running an RFP. To make sure that um, if you're asking for references, to set clear expectations that they'll, you know, who you're going to contact, and then contact them. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think what was refreshing about this RFP is I really felt that it was a two-way street. Yeah. Um, you know, not only from a compensation standpoint, that was a big part, but also the the interaction. Um, there were busy folks that we were working with, but they participated to allow us to give them a sense of how we deliver. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we can't be successful without it being a team effort with our customers. So um, to get a sense of that helps us understand, you know, what's our likelihood of success um, if we did go forward with this customer and, you know, we've got customers and, and they, and they, it's on a spectrum, but the ones that, um, end up not participating with us in the process of, you know, building out that solution from a 
collaboratively working through what's important, um, that's really proportional to how successful we are with the engagement. And so um, it's not just the money. It's not just getting a good bill rate and a lot of project work. It's looking at, you know, how well do we work together? Because that's going to affect the morale of our teams and, and there's less churn around, you know, you know, talking through the things that are unproductive about the engagement. Um, it's always better when we have good, good chemistry with the customer. And I think that's also one of the things we'll look at when, with these RFPs is if the expectation is, hey, we're going to write a spec and just you, you guys are just going to go build to that spec or you're going to take what we have and go run with it. And there's no interaction. I don't think we're as valuable as, a, as an organization. You know, we're, we're, we're just we want to work together to go build something out. And so I think there was a part of this whole process where there was the this interaction um, between the two companies that allowed for us to build something better than if it was, hey, you know, here's your RFP document, um, go run, you know, tell us how much this thing's going to cost for you to go build this. Um, and there wasn't anything that was designed or put together as, as you know, together as a, two organizations coming together to try to figure out what is it that, that, that we're the right solution for what we're trying to do. So I think that was a part of this whole process as well. Anything else before we wrap this up, Tom? No. Uh, well, the, the only thing is, um, you know, making a RFP process where it, it is collaborative. It is a team effort. It's not a spreadsheet that you have to fill out. And then the vendor is selected. You know, those are the ones that we think are not going to allow us to be in a position to succeed uh, in, in many ways. Succeed in terms of winning RFPs, succeed in terms of finding customers that we're going to be able to do great work with together. Um, so, we're, you know, we're learning that. And we have over the years, RFPs, we're, very, we're participating very few. Mm -hmm. um, but as we have got experience with ROPs, um, this one has been the best, the one we did just recently, and, and uh, hopefully other um, organizations look at that and, and see the benefit of um, making an investment because it is a long-term investment that's going to impact their success. You know, they want, you have to select the right vendor, and if you don't go through the process of working together, I think you're at high risk that you selected the wrong vendor because you're just you're going to do it basically probably on price because everything else is pretty subjective. Um, it's a little bit harder to really validate um, how well organization is going to serve your needs until you get in the saddle. Awesome. Thanks, Tommy, for your time. Sure. Thank you, Danny. And thanks, everybody, for listening. It definitely, if you have... Uh, Part of this is if you're try, just trying to put out a SharePoint RFP um, and not have a whole lot of interaction, then you don't have to drop by the website. But if you're really looking for somebody who, uh, you know, who who um, is focused in on SharePoint, is is really passionate about um, using Scrum and to, to to build out something better, uh, and really looking for more of a partner, just not a, a the typical vendor out there. That's that's what we're focused in on. Three Wheels, very, we're out of the Southeast, so especially if you're companies that are in the Southeast and, and looking for 
a partner, drop by our website, come by, say hello. A chat window may open and it may be me in the chat window or my famous marketing intern, Austin. Um, but just drop by the website, come by. I've got great, lots of great resources up there. Um, subscribe to the podcast and uh, just look forward to continuing this conversation with you, Tommy. And thanks everybody so much for listening today. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.